Listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. Hello, everybody. How are you? I'm sitting here in a slightly overcast day as we enter the summer months. The sun is kind of hiding out, getting a little bit of sprinkles here. Um, not unlike like a summer British day, actually. Just doing a little bit of Britain here in New York. So, firstly, thank you to all of you. Uh, who took time from your heart to write me and check in. I received a lot of different messages uh, from folks just wishing another kindred heart well uh, after uh, Scott Hutchinson passed away uh, very recently. And and it was obviously a big shock. And uh, I cared about that guy quite a bit. And it's been a it's it's funny with grief, as we all know. You you kind of go through phases with it. I I ha, this is catching me actually at a really healthy time um, because of the tour cancellation and because of everything that was going on in my lower vertebrae. I had to do physio or physical therapy, and I've been doing it six days a week. So uh, in many ways, this tragedy happened at a time where I wasn't on the road and I wasn't like away from home and in a van or a bus or a hotel room by myself. I was, I was around, um, firstly you you all for, you know, you, uh, your comments really kept, kept my spirits up. And I also was going to the gym every single day. So of which I just returned today as well. So I think that it probably helped my blood to flow and my mind to, you know, be, be steady and it's it's a tragedy I, I I'll cherish all the memories that I, I have with Scott and and the frightened rabbit guys when I think about it I think that I've spent time with Scott in Germany the Netherlands and Great Britain from Florida all the way to San Francisco um, to New York I've been all o- I've actually been all, all over with the guy and I, uh, I decided, uh, probably have to try this again in my life, I decided rather than just sit with grief, I decided to write, and uh, I posted that on Patreon for you guys. It was, um, uh, it was difficult. I basically worked on it for a whole day, and I sent it to Lisa Whiteman and just said, uh, can you just make sure this is not, you know, this is not a total mess, and punctuation and stuff and she helped me with that so thank you to her for that uh it's been tough because i haven't had that it's hard to say i've had friends that were like in the press i guess you could say famous is a strong word uh but seeing a headline that's not positive and that's a tragedy but seeing someone that you know socially and as a friend end up in those kind of headlines it was very surreal, and like I said in the story, it, it uh, it's a type of thing that when I hear his music, I have a memory 
because I played a lot with him, you know, I've, we did a lot of shows together. We toured for five weeks, so whenever I hear a tune, I don't have to look at the title, which, I don't know, maybe people listen to jazz that way or something. It's just like, it's just like linear, and when I hear a tune, I just think of, oh man, New York City, or oh, oh yeah, that festival, or this show, or that show, or oh, in San Francisco when we played the the Warfield, or, and so I have memories, stage memories from these songs, which is really meaningful to me, and uh, again, the music world is such a strange place because many, many people are a good enough friend to be on your guest list, but not a good enough friend um, to call when you need something or you need to connect with someone. I have found that in the scattered kind of inner workings of the music community, musicians, other bands that I know that have all been affected by this, there's been a lot of like people circling back around and just checking in. And uh, I got the call at 1.30 in the morning um, from Scott and my uh, mutual friend. Uh, yeah, that we've all well, three spent time together and stuff. And it's just, you know, he's completely crying and very upset. So I, I think we're moving forward now. Um, I read an obituary today. It's just just a damn tragedy is what it is. So, um, like I said in a story, I, I felt like my band and myself were definitely like advocating for more awareness of, of mental illness through the Rising Sunken Ships period. And um, I was I was crossing that with, um, you know, state of of homelessness in America and addiction and, um, and mental illness and being, and, and being aware and have and being sympathetic to mental illness. And I think that, wow, someone who's really spoken out about that quite a bit when it's not the sexiest subject, it seems like Britain has a little bit stronger of a, um, a little bit more confident approach to it. I imagine Canada would as well, but America, it's still getting kind of swept under the carpet or not addressed. <clears throat> Sorry. When Robin Williams passed away, I think it kind of hit people like, wow, people really suffer quietly with stuff like this. And it was nice to see the, the Mental Health Awareness Month uh, in Britain happening. In any ways, yeah, uh, both the people who are suffering reach out, for God's sake, reach out to a friend. And for for all of us, just folks out in the world like, be observant, like, let's try to connect with somebody who you know isn't well. And again, it baffles me. I mean, the creative community, um, the 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 music community, indie rock community, is like, there's a ton of creative people that are super smart and super, like, self-starters. And there's so many people that I feel could have helped, but I also feel that it's a difficult aspect of identity um, when a review of your record of your work like really can be heartbreaking and it can really crush you or maybe you didn't sell out the show and it was half full or maybe you feel like you are you're aging or that your fan base is shrinking or that you're not relevant anymore and I, I, I have to look at the topic of identity sometimes and I'm not saying that's what Scott was going through but I see this in musicians um, that 
we get as artists, you know, we get really wrapped up. I think we all get wrapped up. People who own their own business, you get wrapped up in this identity, and there is, you know, it's important to remember there is like a back door, and there is a field that you ran in when you were a kid with your shoes off. There is a memory of a girl you kissed on the lips when you were twelve, or there is a smell of a baseball field or a soccer field that you used to play on. There is a different you in there, and that that your identity does not have to. Um, drag you down and you can always change and shift and it's just it's a painful thing been through I've been through a few suicides that have rocked me and um, and I know that we all got hit with the Chris Cornell stuff and you know Robin Williams and obviously Cobain from long ago it's just brutal to experience anyways moving on so welcome back to the podcast I haven't done one in a little bit. Um, I appreciate everyone also for giving me just a little bit of space for that 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 week that was uh, very difficult. But I'm back, and I'm thinking that there might be a revolution afoot. I'm thinking that this pop-up revolution that has started over here with um, my career in America, a very loving guy named Dave Fernandez, who, Dave Fernandez who was part of our our um, community as well has really like gotten gotten in my ear and just been like you can do it man and since I've, I've started listening to this guy and like he was right it's going great and I'm loving it and now I'm trying to take this kind of revolutionary approach I think to Europe so what we have in music is we kind of have a format right you listen to music like on mp3 or streamed and in a live capacity, we have a format as well. It's a festival. It's an arena show. It's a theater, a hall, a rock club, or a cafe, right? Or, you know, there's some stuff in between. But that's how we see music. That's how we take it in. This is just an amazing experience for me because I think that the music business wants to get the most it can out of its artists and vice versa, right? One of the ways that they get the most out of us is they want us to tour and support the record and then kind of do one more tour at the end of the year just to kind of say hello again and do you know one pass and sometimes that can be an abbreviated tour a much smaller tour so I'm sitting here writing a new record and I'm looking at it going wow I'm going to go out I'm going to work all year so I would like to have a record out by spring right and it's basically spring so I'm going to work all year to do one tour to support it and then a little, a smaller tour later that year, and maybe three or four festivals as a folk artist. Like, that's not sexy. I'm not inspired by that. I think that's, that doesn't, like, the, the, the sweat equity or, like, the, the, the labor investment that goes into doing this. It just seems like, so you get to do two tours a year? <laughs> this doesn't seem right. And so I'm thinking this revolutionary idea is, like, I can tour when, if I start doing pop-ups and adding that to what I do, I can tour whenever I want. If I'm writing a record in very Nashville style or old songwriter style, I want to go workshop some ideas on stage like comedians do, I can just do a couple pop-up shows, get out there, get my stage legs back, and uh, work on my craft. And I think that it's coming back around for me that I'm a craftsman and what I love about doing the pop-ups is that I, I generally do two sets. 
I've been supporting my book, so I've been doing a reading as well. And uh, people ask questions. I get to spend more time with people. I get to have more stage time. I get to work on my craft better. I get to work on my everything better. And again, with losing Scott, we've lost a really great, a really great front man that had wonderful stagecraft, great banter, funny jokes, very uplifting, very quick to call people out if he saw people being, you know, mean or not sharing space or he, you know, he would, he was, he was a, a force, a presence. And I've worked very hard for many years uh, to work on that craft myself. So it's really appealing to me that I could get more stage time, more time with fans and get past that weird barrier it's like they talk about Joe Strummer um, that he did. Was it Strummerville at Glastonbury? He had his own little camp where he had a campfire. Something switched in Joe where um, Joe wanted to get a little bit closer and a little bit more organic and have a campfire with fans and trip, have a guitar being passed around and tell stories and, you know, drink his wine or his coffee and sit up with fans and get to know them and take a step closer. And I feel that that's happening inside of me. I don't, you know, nothing against the dry eye set shows or the light show or the bartender that's being a prick or the expensive drinks or there's no parking or the train is going to be, you know, stop, it's going to stop running at 11. So you got to hurry out of there. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I know I have to do it as part of like what I do, but man, there's other ways to do this. And the ones that I've done, seeing people eating, hanging out, drinking as fast or as little as they want, no pounding because they've got a, you know, the club's closing, no people being treated like cattle. I can go out and play on the street if I want. I can play inside. No one's yelling at me that the police are coming and that they're going to get tickets. It's just a new kind of paradigm and a completely new landscape for me that I'm really excited about. Okay, so let's talk about health. Um... Oh, so lastly about the, so if anybody has ideas about a pop-up show, it could be in a barn, it could be in a dentist's office, it could be in an old grocery store, it could be in a theater, it could be in a church, it could be in a backyard, it could be in a front yard, it could be in a living room, it could be on a porch. You let me know. And a great way um, is if, you know, look on Patreon, I'm sure you'll find Dave Fernandez there. He's been really helpful with that. And we're talking about him popping over to Europe with me. Um, to do some of these this summer. So he's a great person to talk to, very knowledgeable. Moving on. Okay, so uh, you're looking or you're listening to a fellow that has just completed, I think, about a month. Um, in British terms, I've lost a stone. I think in American terms, I've lost uh, 15 pounds. And I don't know in kilos, I'm sorry. But I've been in the gym doing physio, physical therapy, and strengthening, and core stuff, and cardio. I've been doing this six days a week. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I have been fighting structure my entire life. And it's when you fall into structure and you start trusting structure, it really does take some kind of load off. Because existing in like you know, never, neverland and like, you know, being in your imagination half the time or being a, having creative energy all the time. It's difficult to define what structure is. And I'm really loving this. I wake up, I literally make a black coffee as to not spike my insulin as I've been investigating. I get myself down 
to the gym and I start running and I start working and I do, I do an hour and I am tired after that. And I come home and I make myself like a uh, keto friendly meal. And then I get into my songwriting and I spend half the time working on my new songs for my new record. And then I take a break and then I work on my set list. Um, so this has been going, I, I had my back work done yesterday, um, just up here on Court Street in Brooklyn. And it looks like I'm really improving. I haven't had that sciatica pain. And I really have to thank, first and foremost, my back for even keeping it together for this long. I've been playing since high school. And at this station in life, I've been, I have been singing straight through with a guitar since high school. So I've been leaning over a guitar. I've been standing up at microphones with heavy, heavy things around my neck with big guitar straps. I've um, jumped off of things. I've, I've slept in hotel rooms, airplanes. I've done all kinds of stuff to my back. And I'm, I'm sorry, back, that it took me this long to look out for you. But... I'm not a real NBA guy, but there's a fella in America called LeBron James. He's a player for the Cavaliers, and he's people are wondering if he's the greatest ever at this point. He's just like a force, and he he always says this thing because I'm at the gym now. I don't I don't have a television set, but when I'm at the gym, I watch. Um, you know, they have something playing, and a lot of times they have the sports channel. And I saw him talking the other day, and he says, "Just trust the process, man. You got to trust the process," and I really love that. It's not getting ahead of yourself. It's not dwelling in the past. It's accepting where you are, what you're working towards. You did your bit for today and you can put it down. Trust the process. So I'm kind of living by that right now. I'm feeling excited. Um, I've got a couple shows booked in California for this weekend. So I'm getting my ass back on stage. I'm playing in a vineyard and I'm doing another pop-up show. I'm not sure where. I'm thrilled about it. I hope to see Alex, um, our... Our uh, guitar tech extraordinaire from Augustine's, young Alex, um, him and his wife came last two times and played with me on stage, which I loved. So I'm hoping to see him and I'm going to get my butt back on stage. So I think it's time for me to get back to the set list now. Little weird thing. When you're, when you have uh, a vocabulary, a musical vocabulary, I guess, of like 35 songs. <laughs> it's hard to rehearse those things, man. Especially writing a new record. It's like babysitting 35 ducklings. Um, so these rehearsals are like, wow, it takes you an hour and 40 minutes to get through half of it. And you have to go up there kind of half scared because... You just don't simply have the hours or you can't, I can't, I can't focus on these tunes. I can't run tunes for six hours straight. That'd be ridiculous. I'd just start, but I guess it's good for muscle memory and so on. And um, that's kind of part of my process. So I guess we'll leave it at that. Um, I miss all you guys. And again, um, my heart goes out to anyone who's grieving still or, and suffering and going through the process of, um, coming to terms with what happened with uh, Scott. I've tried to reply to as many people as I could, and I see a lot of people looking out for each other in the community, so that's really nice to see. And just know that I'm still here for you. And other than that, I'm wishing you well. Looks like it's summertime, baby. It's almost time for flip-flops and shorts, and I'm 15 pounds lighter. All right, I'm planning my itinerary for July, everyone.
It's starting at the Blackthorn Festival. I've just been speaking with um, folks, and I won't say who, but in Germany. Um, I'm adding a show in the Netherlands. I'm doing Kendall Calling, and there might be some more shenanigans to get up to, but uh, more on that later to be continued. I want to say thank you. I love you guys. Big arms around you. And thanks for being a part of my journey. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from Nueva York, amigos. Night to last forever